my periods were really, really, really irregular. And on top of that, they were super painful. So like in high school, I remember calling my mom and having her come pick me up because I was so sick from my period cramps. And I would be like the person vomiting and like all that kind of stuff. It was, we'll get graphic. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had that. I just, I thought it was normal. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We had a, a bit of an interesting one with this episode because I had to cancel on her last second, and I mentioned it in the podcast, but I didn't give the full reason, so I didn't want to take up her interview time, so I'll share it here really quick. As you guys might know, I am an avid ice bather. And by ice bather, I mean, I actually go into the Delaware River because I live in Pennsylvania. So we'll go into the Delaware River even in winter. I have a surprisingly large amount of friends and people that I know who do this. And so we'll go into the river. It is sometimes 30 something degrees. The air outside might be miserable. It's windy. It's first thing in the morning. It's not always the most fun thing, but it is invigorating. Fun and invigorating can kind of be different and it's, it's a worthy cause. What happened the other day that caused me to cancel, of all things, was I got injured while doing the ice bath. And your obvious thought might, might be thinking, did he get hypothermia? Did he temporarily drown? Like, what the heck happened? Out of all the ice baths I've done, nothing like that has occurred. Never had hypothermia, never drowned, never even came close to those two things. What happened is... I was in the water and I only had it, uh, I was only up to my waist at that point. And then, you know, we were going to go like three, two, one under. And myself especially, but some of my friends will, will do these kind of war cries, these battle cries prior to hopping into the ice bath. And so I screamed like before getting in, I'm like, yeah, like about to scream. And as I yelled, my entire back of my neck and head just tensed up so bad. I mean, it was eight, nine out of 10 pain almost instantly. And it's one of those things where you kind of assume it's just going to get better in a second because it's so instant and so shocking, but it was delayed as anything. I mean, it, it hung in there for a while to the point where I get home and I'm like throwing up everywhere from the pain. It was as if I had a migraine. I don't mean to give you guys too graphic details here or too much information, but it was the wildest thing ever. If anyone has a reason as to why that happened, please let me know because your guess is as good as mine. I think it was just a perfect storm. That's my conclusion. I think maybe I was a little tight from exercise. I, I woke up really, you know, I, I woke up pretty much instantly and got going. I mean, it, it was five minutes later that I was out the door in the 30 degree weather. You know, I don't live right on the river by any means, but I'm getting into the car with my friend. We live in the same uh, complex together. And uh, 
you know, the car's cold, the heat's not on yet. I mean, maybe it was that. I, I have no idea, but very weird circumstance. And so I had to mention that before we got started here. Leah was kind enough to accept my cancellation on a very short notice because I was like, wow, I cannot even do this podcast right now because I cannot get Advil down. And yes, this natural practitioner was eating all types of Advil that day. And, uh, I'm still using it. I'm down to one a day, but I need it right now. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys appreciated this crazy story. I, I never want to be that podcast host that just tells you stuff that really is not interesting in any way, but it seemed interesting to me. So just in case, I will stop. I want to get to our guest today. Her name is Leah. I was not smart enough to ask her her last name before we got done our podcast. And I'm going to say it's Brueggemann. Seems way too easy. There's two G's in here, two N's. A lot of stuff's going on. So we're just going to call her Leah. <laughs> Leah is an FDN practitioner. She specializes in hormonal balance for women. She helps women balance their hormones naturally with nutrition, lifestyle, and finally getting to the root cause of what might be going on. At the time of recording this, she has already helped over 300 women get painless periods, stabilize their moods, lose weight, and even scale to six figures in their business. What's really interesting is when we say scale to six figures, she is not a business coach, not at the time of recording this at least. She meant that in a completely different way, and you'll get to hear that in the podcast. I've never heard anyone else get someone to six figures in this way. I think you guys will like that. But in this episode, we'll be discussing the hormonal side of things, again, success that she's had in business, and how she already went full-time as a practitioner, even though she had no business experience, uh, business experience. She had a different degree and in industry that she was in. She was a full-time music director because her bachelor's degree was in music and vocals. And then she had no trainings. She had no formal trainings at the time and was going out there already getting clients. We have way more than this here at FDN. We have trainings for the health side. We have trainings for the business side. And I really want you to listen to this episode and then say, okay, if she could do this, even though she's a very impressive person, what is so complicated here that I couldn't do and I couldn't replicate? I think you'll come to the conclusion that there isn't anything that you couldn't replicate. You probably could go do this for yourself. Without further ado, let us get to today's episode. All right. Hello there, Leah. Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you for uh, not only coming on originally short notice, but then also rescheduling with me short notice. I will, uh, I'll save that story for the bio or conclusion. <laughs> so these audience members probably would have already heard that. Um, today, we're here to talk about you, though, and the things that you've done. And we're going to start out with the health journey. But um, again, this is one of those cases you and I were talking about this off air where I'm actually really excited to dive into some of the successes that you've had because you've done a lot of stuff on the business end and the, uh, well, I mean, not that health coaching wouldn't be the business in and of itself, right. but helping people with the business and health side. So I'm excited to go there. But before we get to that, you know the question that I ask people on this because uh, you told me that you had listened before. So when did the health journey start? Because not many people get into this space accidentally. So was it with you or someone else? I'm curious. Well, it was a little bit of both. So growing up, my youngest brother is special needs. He has a chromosomal disorder that is so rare that like they don't have a name for it. it. The name is the chromosome. And so he's 18 years old and he is nonverbal um, still. And so growing up, my mom was after, you know, so many years was definitely looking into alternative health because what she was finding in conventional health wasn't helping him mm -hmm. at all. So that kind of started opening like my mind to you know, more of a natural route, but I was a typical child growing up and I was like, if you make me healthy food, I think that's gross. And, you know, <laughs> I just, 
it was there. It was present. I knew that that was an option. My mom would bring in homeopathy and herbs and, you know, was always telling us you can't have your waffles for breakfast unless you have protein with it. You know, we had that growing up, but it just kind of was very much in the back of my mind. And I started my own journey when I graduated from college, when I discovered and got diagnosed with fibroadenomas, which are benign breast tumors. Um, So that's what kind of jumped me in up until that point, even though looking back, I had a lot of health issues. Like I had a lot of hormonal issues. I had hormonal acne. Um, My periods were really, really, really irregular. And on top of that, they were super painful. So like in high school, I remember calling my mom and having her come pick me up because I was so sick from my period cramps. And I would be like the person vomiting and like all that kind of stuff. It was... We'll get graphic. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had that. I just I thought it was normal, you know, mm-hmm. part of being a woman. I think this is such a key point, and I always love to. Anytime this comes up, I'll always reemphasize it on this show. Even with the most serious diagnoses that seem to come out of nowhere, like a, a lot of times, I feel like people describe cancer coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't know what happened. And then I always ask them, like, well, how have you felt like the last several years? And I, I can't speak for everyone because I don't know everyone, but almost universally. It's like, well, oh, well, no, I get headaches five days a week and I take motion for it. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. again, what has happened in society is just like what you were experiencing through no fault of your own. It's told that this is normal. Um, Every woman that I know that's my age, that's not in this space, absolutely believes that periods are supposed to suck. And that's just mm-hmm. what it is. And um, you know, no one wants to hear it from me as a guy, but that's why I love bringing people like you on to let them know um, the good news that this probably isn't meant to be this way. And I always ask people to just think from a lot perspective if nothing else because let's take your example right yeah. Where you're you're down for the count for a few days um you know you have to leave school if we are supposed to be supposed to be living in the wild how would it make sense from an evolutionary perspective that for a few days out of each month for a good chunk of your young life that should be the best time where you know you're able to produce babies and stuff like that and i'm just saying this again totally from the biological tribal perspective why would nature want it that you literally cannot survive and that the tribe has to take care of you. And like, you're like feeling like you're dying out here. Um, Again, that's not the only case that I would make that's for sure. But I think just logically speaking, it it doesn't really seem to add up that we Mm -hmm. should feel that way. Um, I don't think it makes sense. So I'm excited to get to that too, eventually, because it's always very helpful for the women that listen. And we do have a female dominated audience, no surprise in the functional space. We need to get more men doing this, but you had these benign breast tumors come up. And I think, that's what you said was kind of starting to make things turn a little bit for you in your brain, right? Yeah. Well, the only option the doctor gave me was to have them surgically removed. And so that's when I started, you know, I went to Dr. Google, which I really don't recommend doing, but that's where I started. And I found that most women, their tumors return after having them surgically removed. And so I had gone to college for music. So I have my bachelor's in piano and voice and I was self-employed and I wasn't about to shell out thousands of dollars on a surgery because I didn't have like, I, my insurance was paid for, you know, by myself to have them come back. I was like, well, that's pointless. So, um, I decided to look into other avenues. So that's when I went in, started looking at 
functional health because I was, you know, my mom had, you know, put that in my ear. I'm like, okay, that must be an option, right? (laughs) And so I went and I started asking around and every single practitioner and naturopath that I talked to, I always led, of course, with my main system, which was fibroadenomas. I'll be like, hey, I have fibroadenomas. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we can totally fix those. And they went at it from a very direct approach of let's get rid of your fibroadenomas. And nobody asked me about my cycles and nobody, you know, it was very not a very much of a holistic health, like look at everything. It was very direct. You have fibroadenomas. This is an estrogen issue. We know you have the MTHFR gene mutation. So it's like very just targeted at estrogen. Like let's put you on progesterone cream. Let's put you on a really strict diet, all of that kind of stuff. And Looking back at what I, you know, now knowing what I know, it's like, why on earth, if it was an estrogen issue, were they not talking to me about endocrine disruptors? Why were they not educating me on my skincare and my hair care? Why were they not educating me on my cleaning supplies, like where I could be getting this estrogen in, you know? Because it was like, I ate really badly. (laughs) Up until this point, like I was the queen of like all through college, like live off of coffee and bagels and it was really (laughs) bad. Um, But then once I started, once I got diagnosed, I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't eat bagels for three meals and I should try and get some other food in. Um, it, It got a lot better. And so it was like, why is this such a continual issue? Um. And so I, at this point, I'm going to be honest, like I had, I had tried everything. Like I had done the supplements. I'd done the really restrictive diets. Um, I had done, um, so like oils, all sorts of therapy things. Like it was, it was just crazy. And I had spent so much money because, you know, I would spend a certain amount of time with one doc and it wouldn't get there. Mm -hmm. So then I would try something else. And I also fell into that category of shiny object syndrome where it was like, oh, I've been doing this for three months. It's not working. Let's like go on to the next thing. Um, So I was about to get married, I think. So I'd been doing this for about three years. I was trying for a while. And I started tracking my cycle. And Nobody had asked me about my periods at this point. Nobody had asked me about my cycles. And it was just, you have high estrogen, you have low progesterone, end of story. But like my cycles were truly all over the place. So like they should come very regularly for you. And mine were like 30 days, 90 days, 60 days. Like I had no clue. Wow. So I had no idea. Well, I found out then when I started tracking that I wasn't ovulating. So I was like, okay, there's, there's the problem. There's the issue. And then when I did ovulate, My progesterone was so low that like ovulation to period, it was like eight days. And it should be just for perspective. You want that to be 12 to 14 days to have like a healthy rise of progesterone, a strong enough corpus luteum so you can get pregnant. And so I'm over here like, well, I do want to have babies and this isn't looking very possible (laughs) in my near future because I ovulate so irregularly. And then I don't have enough progesterone to sustain a pregnancy. So that's when I was just – I just kind of threw everything – I threw all the books out the window, everything that everyone had been teaching me, and I started reading. Though That's when I entered like the reading space. Like let's start educating myself. And I'm not just – I'm not saying Google. Like I went and I got books from like a lot of – 
writers and authors and doctors in this space. So that's when I started going, oh, like you should be like not just on restrictive diets, like you should be eating to like nourish your gut. Like you need to actually like you need to be having regular bowel movements. You need to be opening your drainage pathways. And I was like, what? What is that? (laughs) So that's when I entered that space and started really just switching my mindset from food. Food isn't good or bad. Food is more – some food is more nourishing and other food is not nourishing because at that point, like, I mean – the diets I had been put on had just messed up my relationship with food because they were so restrictive for so long. And it was just very like, you just have to do this for 30 days. You know, like they never set me up for success in that, in that sense. Um, So that's what I started doing. I started, you know, supporting those drainage pathways and switching up, getting a wide variety of food in, supporting my gut microbiome. Um, I started learning about endocrine disruptors. I cleaned out the toxins and removed that source from my life. Um, And it was just slowly switching over all these things. And yeah, fast forward, I was able to regulate my cycles and have great painless periods. I remember my first painless period. I like thought the world was going to end. And cleared up my skin. I was able to lengthen my luteal phase to 12 days. So I raised my progesterone, um, my fibroadenomas, I shrunk them and I have two healthy boys. So I was able to get pregnant. Wow. All right, cool. I love getting to the best parts of the story uh, so quick. And I appreciate you sharing that. I was just, it was so concise and it was just a great answer because it brought us through kind of all (laughs) of it. And then it gives me a lot to unpack. Um, One of the first things is just in case, you know, people sometimes are listening while cooking or while driving. When we're talking about no one had ever even asked about the cycle, you're talking about none of the natural and quote unquote functional people had ever even asked about this, correct? Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, they, I found, and I think that's changing in the health space. I think it's changing, (laughs) but like they were just so laser focused on those fiber adenomas, which I was too, but like knowing what I know now, like I have a lot of clients that come to me with fibroids, fiber adenomas, and I'm like, okay, let's look at your stress levels. Like, let's look at past trauma. Let's look at our, you know, your bowel movements. Let's look at your gut. Let's look at all these things. And they're like, what does I have to do with my fibroids? You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. you have to really look full picture. And I just wasn't getting that. Well, and just, if you don't mind, let's put this in context. So how many years ago was it? Uh, let's put it, how many years ago when you graduated college and we're getting fully experiencing this stuff? So I, I'm aging myself at this point. <laughs> Just kidding. So I graduated college in 2015. So that's when I got diagnosed. And that's when I started really changing everything. Um, And I really started seeing those massive results before I had my first kiddo who is three. So I would say four years ago. And it's like, you know, for the large majority of that time, it was throwing spaghetti at a wall. It was like Mm -hmm. once I finally like had much more of a set protocol, and knew what I needed to do, then it was like, you know, a year and a half. Sure. Well, and the reason I ask is, I mean, I started really getting into this stuff in around the 2013, 2014 era. And I mean, you can just, you can actually learn a lot even from grocery stores. And what I mean is the same grocery store that I went to in my local town back then. And I mean, I try to go to a specific store now that's more like local health food, but I'm talking about the the chain uh, grocery store, their organic section. 
expands mm-hmm. and expands and expands and you see more and more options so you can kind of see what's going on because these the grocery stores this was what people don't realize they don't care they're responding to the demands of the consumer right that's why you can go some places and they'll sell you absolute crap and you go to other places and they're charging through the roof but if people mm-hmm. are going to come in and pay it and that's what they're demanding they are going to fill that demand that is their only job so we can get mad at them or we can love them but the truth is they're just responding to us exactly and so i i've been shocked by the progression because you know when you're first into this i I'm sure you felt the same way. You kind of feel isolated, especially as younger people. You're like, this isn't cool. What's going on? And then what I've fortunately or unfortunately realized, depending on how you want to look at it, is I just realized people like us were kind of a part of one of the first waves of really getting fully hit by yeah. some of these things that we were experimenting with in our mm-hmm. in our generation. Because now a lot of the people that are calling me half the time are people that are fresh out of college or my age or a little bit older. And I think college, my God, man, it's so sad, but it seems like where kids go to die half the time. And I don't mean Mm -hmm. that so literally, but I mean that in the sense of, okay, as if you weren't stressed enough from the the terrible school system, all the crappy foods that you had to eat as a kid and all this stuff. Now we're going to put you into college. Not everyone does these things, but we are going to highly encourage the whole binge drink culture, eating bagels three times a day, coffee, grind, stay up later, all these things. And I feel like that is just... That's the last little straw for many people. And then they come out and all of a sudden they have Hashimoto's. All of a sudden they have this. I mean, it can be a variety of things depending on the person's genetic makeup and other factors. But it's like, wow, it's like college is just that final thing where we will take you out and we'll get the worst stress on your body that you can imagine. And surprise, here you go. So I'm glad. I mean, I know it probably felt like a while, but I'm still glad that you've been able to make these changes and transformation, uh, this transformation in a relatively short period of time compared to some people who come on the podcast. This is awesome. I have a very like one track mind, (laughs) Okay, (laughs) but like truly I do. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I want to go back to is the cycles. And again, there's no one, definitely no one wants to hear this from me. What do you believe is the actual state of a woman's cycle? How should they feel? Because obviously they should feel something. I don't think it's something that Mm -hmm. they should be unaware of. At least that's not my belief. So what is your belief now? Like what was it supposed to be? Yeah. So if you have really bad periods, it's going to be the last thing that you want to hear. And I want to, the first time someone introduced this to me, I I was ready to punch them. So, you know, when you're puking, the last thing you want to hear is that you should have a symptomless period, but you should. Like your period should come every 26 to 36 days and in whatever your length is and it should be very consistent for you. So if one time it's 26 and one time it's 30, it's like, okay, that's kind of a big discrepancy there. Um, You should bleed for three to seven days. That's it. Um, Shouldn't be more. If it's less, you might not be ovulating. There's some things to check in with there. And leading up to it, like you shouldn't be dealing with um, PMS, you shouldn't be dealing with bloating, you shouldn't be dealing with mood swings, you shouldn't be dealing with breakouts, um, mm. and you should just bleed. You may feel like a little bit of a warming sensation, like in your abdomen area, um, but if you're having cramps, if you're having any of those symptoms, really heavy bleeding, clots, or anything like that, that's a red flag to your body. And I get that all the time from past clients. They're like, okay, so I know you talk about painless periods and I got a painless period, but you didn't tell me that I could have a symptomless period. And she's like, if I wasn't bleeding, I wouldn't know that I'm on my period. Wow. And just in case you're listening to this on an Instagram reel or YouTube short, don't get mad at us. She has actually accomplished this herself. So click the link and listen to it before uh, we get some bad comments here because you're trying to help people. This is a, this yeah. is a great thing. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to comprehend because I mean, women obviously aren't 
quite as open as, as this with me other than in a client sense, but even like close friends, like, yes, as a guy, yeah, you kind of, if something major is going on, they're going to tell you that. And it's like, these people are suffering. Like, it's not mm-hmm. really like they're having a good time. And I also want to know this before I start talking about your work with clients, this is kind of a good way to segue. I'm curious if you've seen this because, you know, as a, again, fairly young person myself, a lot of the people that have called me are 20 something uh, year old women, regardless of what they are calling me about always the cycle is messed up. That's why I'm like, I cannot believe people weren't even asking this because it's one of the first things that I ask. I want to know, are you taking birth control? Oh, you haven't been taking birth control in a year. You haven't had a cycle that you know about in a year. Okay. That's not normal for a 25 year old, just so you know. And um, half the time you're, they think it's a great thing. It's like, oh, I don't have to deal with this. I'm like, oh my goodness, no. Um, But what I'm curious is if you've seen this. As they get healthier, let's assume that we're talking about a woman right now that has no cycle, like it's it's yeah. gone. I almost find that there's there's these phases where they go from no cycle to becoming symptomatic again, and it kind of sucks. And then the next level is, okay, I have a healthy cycle, but the symptoms are either non-existent or it's so minimal that it's it's great for them. But we don't want nothing at all. So do you find that that progression is something that is common? Not typically, no. Okay. Um, okay. It. I find that if they're doing that by themselves and they get their cycle back, it's kind of like horrible. (laughs) They want to go back to not having it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if when we're working together, if you go at a pace, I think sometimes if you push too hard, that's when your hormones kind of retaliate a little bit against you. And that comes back in a revengeful period. Um but as long as you're going steady and slow and supportive, I typically it will come back and it it just it keeps improving from there. It doesn't really you don't really have like a horrible period when it first comes back. Um, the only time I've had that happen is I had one client who hadn't had a period in 12 years. So, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate the straightforward answer. Yeah. Is that I mean, I'm. I'm already not surprised that I have plenty to learn with this sector because it's not really my thing. But um, yeah, that's good to know. And I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting anyone's ever gotten to the point of like, oh, yeah, they're vomiting or something. But it's kind of like this this arc of like, okay, no period. They're assuming that that's just like, oh, great. I don't have to have this anymore. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, that means your hormones are completely tanked. Then it's like, oh, okay, this isn't so much fun. And then bam, we're we're kind of in a a better place there. So who do you work with now? Because people might have heard the bio, but in case they skip that, like who's your clientele? Because from my understanding, you're working with people exactly like this. Yeah. So I work with women. I don't really work with men. I do work mm-hmm. with some men if it's like a couple dealing with infertility. Okay. Um, but so pretty much anything has to do with hormones. I think a lot of women come to me for painful periods. They come to me for missing periods, irregular cycles, so struggling to get pregnant. Um, they have hormonal migraines, hormonal acne, um, thyroid issues, Um chronic fatigue, things like that, I would say are some of their biggest symptoms of who I work with. Um, and then definitely a massive increase um, with endometriosis clients recently. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, that's typically who I work with and it's awesome. Like I I have so many, I just, I love all the women I work with and it's just, <laughs> you know, to take it from somebody having to call in sick to work um, to somebody like literally just having massive depression because they have no energy and they feel sick all the time um, to, yeah, one of my past clients, like she had just gotten married and she didn't tell me this till way later, but she said that um, 
she had told her husband, she was just like, I feel like I'm slowly dying. Like that's how horrible I feel. And halfway through working with us, she was, she went cross crunchy skiing with her husband. Nice. I, it's, I get to talk to a lot of um, women (laughs) practitioners and I think this is a testament to you guys. I really need to work on this with the males. Cause like if I'm working with someone, it's kind of, you know, I got to dig information out of them and they're not really open to things. I've been there too, but there's almost like this sisterhood that gets developed when, especially with this stuff where you're like, you're helping them with some of the most large challenges in their life, especially if we're talking about something like infertility, because the Mm -hmm. woman's probably, I would have to imagine thinking from this perspective of, okay, I have this time limit on when this can work and when it can't work in my life. So there's just every day is adding more and more stress as you realize this time or this clock that you don't really know when it's going to end, but you have a general idea, you know, it's coming. And so, yeah, there's more and more stress. And then to be able to help someone with that and allow them to do one of the coolest things that the human body can do, uh, that that's, that's pretty amazing. One thing I want to go back to, because this is my fault. I forgot prior mm-hmm. to you being an FDN, you were already taking clients. So what yeah. did you do any other certifications or how did you get into working with people? Because that's a lot different than just getting yourself healthy. Not everyone <laughs> who goes through these programs works with people. So what called yeah. you to do that? Um, it just kind of dropped into my lap. So I did go through some nutrition, um, basic like health courses and things like that. Um, not anything super rigorous, but I just had really, truly just stumbled accidentally on dress without realizing I'd stumbled upon dress. (laughs) So like, I remember when I first started FDN, I was like, that's what I do with my clients. It has a name. So cool. (laughs) Um, and I just – I started talking about periods just because I just, I guess, share information that maybe people don't want to hear about. (laughs) And I started getting just this massive influx on social media of people being like, wait, you got rid of your period cramps? Period cramps aren't normal. And I think – so this is probably a little bit too simplistic to think about, but everybody thinks about period cramps as – contractions of your uterus, right? Labor hurts, like your uterus should hurt. It's contracting. You guys, like you can do a bicep curl and it doesn't hurt. And that's a muscle contracting. And your uterus is a muscle. So it's like, if you are having period cramps, we need to look further. Like that's a very, very simplistic like view of it. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it, like uterine placement and like all of that kind of stuff. But if you're having cramps, like if your period is getting in the way of your quality of life, that is a red flag. And I just had so many women that were like, what? And so I was asked by somebody to actually, she's like, can you just do a free training on this? And I was like, sure, I can do a free training. And so I did. I did a free training. And then that was my inbox of people being like, how do I work with you? And I was like, I don't know. I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. And that's how my business got started. Well, well, you had genius marketing here, whether intentional or not. Yeah. Because you're challenging a well, – you're addressing a problem, first of all. But you're also challenging a deeply held belief um, yeah. amongst even many men out there. Oh, that periods are supposed to suck. They're not fun. And everything about it's going to hurt. And you're going to be in misery for you know one to several days, depending on the person. And so, again, this is brilliant from a marketing perspective because you're, you're the – you're the person too. You've experienced it yourself. Yeah. So it's not like someone could even get that mad at you because you can be like, well, I'm talking about me oh, and what do. I've experienced. <laughs> oh, okay. 
they do. <laughs> Even when you tell them that you've done it yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Internet, oh, internet has some angry, angry people. Hey, well, they do say that – I feel like I'm going to sound so cheesy saying this, but it was something along the lines of if you don't have haters, you're not like popping off yet. Yeah. Um, so – Hey, you must be doing well. Yeah. So, okay. You <laughs> realize that there's a huge demand for this, and then yeah. you have this degree in in music and vocals, yeah. and now you, it was that like a big consciousness shift for you to be like, all right, maybe I'm going to go work with these women on health stuff when I have a bachelor's <laughs> degree in something different. There was some mindset issues there for yeah. sure. Like I definitely had some limiting beliefs. Um, with doing that, and I was a full time music director at this point. <laughs> um, so I. Um, I was still working and I just started marketing on social media and I never marketed in real life. So I was always virtual, um, which my husband was in, uh, getting his doctorate in physical therapy at that time. And so like anytime some of his classmates would follow me on social media, I'd be like, how do I like block them? (laughs) I don't want any medical people out here judging me. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it just kind of uh it, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know how much you want to go into the business side, but it started out I remember um I just had the testimonials come back. I would work with someone and I would have like one of my first clients, her husband was like, "You gave me my wife back." Because she had oh. like migraines, she had no energy, she had like depression, like her periods were really bad, she kept miscarrying. Um And he was just like, my wife's human again. Like she, and so that is how my business grew is from straight off referrals. Like I just, my referral game is really strong because I feel like my clients are like a cult in like not a bad way, but like they're awesome. (laughs) And after like working with them, they're like, I talk about periods all the time now. Like I share your podcast with everybody because when you have like that deep seated belief that like hormones suck hormones control you periods suck being a woman sucks and then you can transform that into having a wonderful period having energy and truly using your cycle as your superpower then they're like oh my gosh everybody needs to know this um and so when i first started it was like wow if i could make five thousand dollars in my business like the world would end like that would be (laughs) so cool (laughs) Um, and yeah. And then we just kind of grew from there and I got to the point where I was like, I need to, I want to do, I want to do more. I want to do labs. I would like to, you know, expand my expertise, you know, keep like to learn, like, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, like in my references were all these books, which books are great, especially written by some of these amazing people, um, books and studies, but, you know, just like, you know, if I'm pulling from all these different books, just like people pulling information from all over, it's much easier when it's clear, concise. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually had an HTMA. I ran that test and Victoria Franca, actually, I, we got connected through a business coach and she read my test for me. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking into like certifications. She's like, what about FDN? And here we are. You beat me to my question because, yeah, I was kind of still wondering. I'm like, all right, I understand that you related to the dress thing perhaps, but I'm like, how did we get into there? And so um, for those that don't know, um, Victoria's actually been on before. So you yes. guys can check out her episode. She's doing some really cool things. And, uh, yeah, that's a hell of a good connection for you guys to have because it sounds like you're both doing really well on the business side. Yeah. So um, it was it 
the just idea of testing even in general? Like, yeah. I, I'm unclear of that. Were you not using testing at all and you were still no. helping people in this way? Yeah. Wow, this is sick. Nice. <laughs> dress, you guys. Dress is like so important. And I mm-hmm. actually, I'm a little bit of a rebel here, but I will not run one-off labs for people. Like I refuse to do it because I'll have people be like, oh my gosh, can you run a Dutch test for me? Can you run a GI map? Can you run? And while I think that those labs are so valuable, I feel like I am taking their money and doing them a disservice by just running a lab, giving them a protocol and not building those foundations. So I only work with people um, in like my, my reset, my hormone reset program and my premium access, um, which is much more high touch because I'm like, if you want this true transformation, we need to figure out the lifestyle that got you sick in the first place. And that means reworking habits, reworking your mindset with food and nutrition so you can truly heal. And that's why I just, I don't do one-off labs and that really annoys people sometimes, but that's okay because that's why I have such awesome clients at the end is because they see that massive change in their, in their health because like, we don't, we don't want to take the shortcut. Well, and I like this because you you might be a rebel in the practitioner sense, but like Reed Davis is probably high off of this somewhere from hearing you say that because that's <laughs> what he wants. He wants people yeah. to do the labs and it's because you really, I mean, you kind of can't screw this up if you run all the labs. You're going to find a lot of stuff, especially if you're addressing the other things there, mm-hmm. like the habits around eating and addressing that. I mean, that's amazing, um, especially I feel like men have this problem a lot too. Maybe it is more prevalent in women. I don't know. But either way, women are more aware of it like, and they're re- more willing to work on it because I've even had my own things with food where I didn't even – I wasn't even conscious of it and mm-hmm. I'm listening to other people talking about problems with eating. So I think – I don't know if us men are just not as receptive or it's not as common. I don't know. Um, but I definitely feel like these – these diets that um, people get into, again, trying to heal, trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. end up being so counterproductive on so many fronts because, yeah, maybe you didn't heal what you were trying to heal. And now you have a terrible relationship with food where you're scared yes. of every little thing thinking that it's killing you um, when mm-hmm. really there's like 10,000 other things going on, which could be found yeah. on the labs, might not need labs for it. I'm just – I'm really impressed with a couple of things here and I hope people are, are getting this because, um, Leah, we have a lot of trainees that listen to this podcast yeah. or people that are about to go into to FDN. And two key things here. Well, actually really three. One, you are coming from a completely different industry. You are coming mm-hmm. from music and vocals. Two, you don't have the business experience. You literally just said, I just started sharing this. I started telling my truth yeah. online. And yes, I can uh, acknowledge that you hit on something that is really big. Um, it's a yeah. huge market, but this applies to anything. You could start talking about cystic acne like I do, guys. You could talk about panic attacks. You could talk mm-hmm. about depression. Um, Hashimoto, sometimes actually even being more specific might make you less competitive uh, because quite frankly, there's a lot of people talking about what you're talking about. Yeah, and so you just got grown. on there. Yeah, right. Start sharing some stories. Don't have any crazy business experience as, as far as I know. And then look at what's already happening. You're getting people well. You didn't even have the labs. I think some people don't buy this. They, they hear it in FDN. They're like, okay, yeah, dress, but really it's about the labs. Look at what you were doing for people and yourself even before that. So, I mean, I just, I love this testimonial to not only FDN because it is in a way, but really just to how to get out there and do this. And um, you were doing in a recent time. It's not like you were, uh, you know, doing it before everyone else does. Nope. You came into a 
pretty busy market and just did your thing and now have a largely referral based business. So, I mean, bravo. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I'm sure there was a ton of people doing hormones. I know about them now from networking. Mm -hmm. But like when I started, it was like blinders on, man. I had no idea what anyone else was doing in their business. I didn't even know. Like I saw someone talk about free challenges and growing their business and I was like, cool, I'm going to do that. And I didn't, I didn't connect with business coaches. I didn't connect with anybody. It was just blinders on help people. Like that's all I did. Like I served and I, and I think a lot of people are like, oh, it just, you know, happened right out of the gate and and it didn't like, it was a lot of bootstrapping. Like mm-hmm. now I have a full team that works for me. And it's wow. like, if I would have known that back in the day <laughs> that like my overhead <laughs> would be at the level that it is, I probably would have fainted. I'd be like, no, we're not doing that. But I bootstrapped everything and I kept my blinders on and I just helped people. I think a lot mm-hmm. of times like people, you know, I have a lot of people, for example, reach out to me and they're like, oh my gosh, you went through FDN. I want to like work with hormones and do that. And I was like, awesome. But just understand that just by getting your certification doesn't mean that you just walk into a business. Like (laughs) you still have to build your business. Um, And I just, I think I just did things so backwards. Like now when I look when I look at business coaches, they say, work with one-on-one clients first, like hone in on your messaging. Like, um, a lot other people are like, don't, don't give out like free tips and advice, like make people pay for it. And it's like you, I mean, you could write a book with the free content that I put out there, but I want, like, it has to be generalized because you can't get specific on social media, obviously. But I came from that place of like truly wanting to help people. And I was just Mm -hmm. so specific on who I wanted to help. And I just didn't pay attention to anybody else in the health space. I didn't try to copy anybody. I just was like, this is what I'm doing. And I didn't even know there was other people out there until like people were like, oh, have you heard such and such podcasts? Like they do similar things to you. And I'm like, oh, really? Never heard of them. Not because they aren't important. It's just I knew that I needed to stay out of that comparison and that copycat. I needed to have my blinders on. And I give a lot of credit of that to my – I had a business coach at the time and um, she's still my coach. And I know that she uh, really did an awesome job of like bringing me out into my marketing, which was really helpful. Um, my dad, um, owns his own business. So okay. I did have a little bit of a like up take there. Cause I did kind of see a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, put your blinders on because like the health space is saturated and like, nobody's going to hear your voice if you're trying to sound like somebody else. Okay, this is a really good point because you're, you're right. It is it is saturated on one hand, and then on the other, it's like if every practitioner out there right now was still at max capacity with clients, we haven't even scratched the surface of no. how many sick people there are out there. Correct. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. And then I, I really can't tell. So I, I have this question: Would well, like, a better way to word it would be, what would be your advice to the FDNs out there who are just starting right now? Because like on one end, it sounds like you've learned a ton and might have some better advice. But at the same time, you're very adamant, like, hey, don't copy other people. And this is what worked for you. And it, and it clearly did. So what would be your advice? Would you do the same thing or would it be something a little different if I'm just starting out my FDN business? 
I think, well, A, I think you need to decide, do you want to do in-person or do you want to do virtual? You know, because I think marketing is going to be a little bit different for that. Um, and you you are right. I think the health space is saturated to those in the health space because, like, I could throw yes, a rock yes. and hit, like, a million practitioners that follow me. Or <laughs> same thing with business coaches, you know? Like, I'm in that space. But um, one of our uh, accountability coaches, her husband was like, what does Leah actually do? Like, people do health stuff online because he's just not in that space. So he has zero idea that there's this whole community of people that want that. Um, so yes, it's saturated because you're in it, but I bet you there's a very large majority of your audience that has no idea what you do. Um, mm. So honestly, I mean, if I had to go back and I had to start from scratch, I would, I would start talking about one person that you want to work with like be very specific, not, I see a lot of people come out of FDN and they'll say things like, oh, you know, if you have fatigue and you have this and you have that and you have this, we can do all of these things. And then people just kind of go get lost. There's too mm -hmm. many things. There's too many things to choose from. Um, and so I got very specific and I am literally known for period cramps, but all of my clients come to me for so many other things besides period cramps. And I'll get messages. They're like, I know you specialize in period cramps, but can you help with X, Y, and Z? But that's how I started and build that business is by like becoming very niched, niched. I don't even know how to say that word down into one category. And I just talked about it all the time in a very polarizing way. Accidentally accidentally i found out that was mm -hmm. polarizing when all the hate comments started rolling in. <laughs> yeah that's what i used to say before it's like unintentionally marketing genius over here because this is this is perfect it's brilliant yeah um and i i appreciate the the emphasis on the specificity because i know this i learned it about i, I was always a sales guy i wasn't the marketing person and fdn yeah. has taught me so much from working with them and i have an in-person business now where we do like light therapy and and things of that nature and even when I started, I knew in my head, go specific, go specific. I'm like, well, all right, well, I'll try to start it just a little broader. Uh. And what started out is this was this was our headline. We help you improve your mood, increase your energy, and reduce your recovery time. And we did get people from this. It did work overall. But the issue is there's like three or four different things here. Now the headline on the website talks about skin. And we're specifically, we're actually niching it down even further into cystic acne because that's something I dealt yeah. with. I have the transformation photos to prove it. Um, our practitioners have, mm -hmm. I mean, no one's dealt with acne in the way that I had, but they still have things that they've struggled with and, and then yeah. can use this. And it's like, I think what we all fear is not being able to help everyone because we know that we can, but you just hit the nail on the head when you said, I still work with people who have other things. They message me all the time. So talk to someone, otherwise you're not really talking to anyone. Yeah. And then, yeah, you could work. There's going to be people that come in our red light studio that are coming in for athletic performance. We have people find mm -hmm. us randomly all the time. They already know what red light therapy is. They did not need me to educate them on it. And they were going to use us regardless of whether I said I'm helping people with acne or a mm -hmm. mood disorder or whatever it might be. They know what red light does. They're coming in for athletic performance. Those people will find you. And that's just a bonus when it happens. If you don't talk yeah. to someone specific, you're really talking to no one. And, um, man, I think that is probably, I'm imagining just because I see the way that this goes in myself and others, 
there is never going to be a marketer out there that's not going to make money from just telling people that exact thing and getting them to do it because people just don't want to do it. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it just causes fear. Like, I don't know what your opinion is. I definitely think it's fear. You think you're turning away clients. Um, you think you're you're niching down too much. And I think that's the thing with marketing is everything is fear. You know, like people mm-hmm. are afraid to show up online. They're afraid to like share their story. But your story is the most powerful. And like, remember, before I became an FDN, that's all I had was my story. Now I can be like, hey, I'm a certified FDN. Like I do X, Y, and Z. I've helped this many mm-hmm. women, blah, blah, blah. But when I first started, all I had was my story. I was like, hey, I was here, I was with you, and I'm here now. And I've helped this many women get here. I can help you too. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all I had was my story. And I think your story is your most powerful asset, no matter how many certifications and knowledge. I'm not talking in helping clients. I'm talking in marketing for a second. Mm -hmm. I think your certifications and increasing your knowledge is going to help you help your clients. But in terms of marketing, like, if you don't truly believe in your story and that you can help people, there's no certification that's going to like take that veil away from you. You have to really, you have to really be um, able to share that story and, and, and share that. And um, you get all sorts of people. I mean, I've been turning away a lot of guys recently because like um, women that I've worked with, they start sending me their brothers and their husbands. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't really work with guys. I just, you know, it's, I I don't really want to bring guys into my program because that would be awkward for all the women that are talking about their periods. Um, But once you start helping people, they don't really care what you specialize in. They're just like, she listened to me. She heard me. She personalized my protocol. She walked me through that and look at my results. I'm sure she can help you too. Wow. That's awesome advice. I hope people take this seriously. This is someone having success, has a team under her, relatively young person. Hopefully people can kind of grasp that concept. Uh, One thing I wanted to make sure we got to, I know it's a little out of order, but I I had to hit on this before our time runs up today. And and if we go over a couple minutes, not a big deal whatsoever. But I wanted to know if there's common themes on the labs that you're seeing with the clients. Because I, I find this fascinating with people who actually do all the labs and then have worked with a lot of people. Like with your clientele, is there like are there patterns that you're noticing that you have found to be of interest over time, or is everyone kind of that much different? Mm, it depends on the symptoms. Okay. So it depends on the symptoms. I would say chronic, like low energy all the time. I typically do see a pattern of like um, really low minerals, really like sluggish detox pathways, like things just aren't moving. Um, But that would, honestly, that's the only mega pattern that I ever see. Okay. Otherwise, like I'll have you know, and that's why I always say don't guess, especially when it comes to your estrogen. Like, whew, do not guess. Because I'll have so many people who come in with high estrogen symptoms and their estrogen is like in the tanker. And it's just that their progesterone is so low in comparison to their estrogen. That's why they have those symptoms. Or they have those symptoms because their methylation pathway, like their methylation is so bad and their liver is so congested. So it just like I will have people come in with classic same symptoms and have completely different labs. So um, that's like the only that's the only pattern I have is don't guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and no worries. That one can always be hit or miss. I find sometimes people yeah. have a pattern that they've noticed other times not. Here's something you probably have found a pattern in. Is there 
anything that comes up more often than not in the personality of the clients? Are these typically more like type A people or what? (laughs) So as I have really honed in on the women that I truly love to work with, I have noticed a pattern of they are um, educators and they're nurses a lot of times. Mm-hmm. and they have tried everything under the sun. These are typically people that have tried a lot of things, like a lot of things. And they come to me because I'm like, yeah, I tried a lot of things too. But that's more recent. Um, I would say beforehand, I, I worked with a lot of um, like personalities, a lot more quiet people actually, like much mm-hmm. more introverted. And um, they just – you know, found my story and they're like, that's exactly what I've have, but I've never shared it with my doctor because I just thought it was normal and they're not more of the outgoing type. But yeah, I don't know if that's helpful. No, it is. I just, I find it fascinating. It's like really for me and then maybe the, hopefully the listeners can grab something from it, but I, I just find it cool. And then that was actually one of the more unique answers I've ever gotten because in the world of FDN, it's a lot of the type A, go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Um, so to hear someone describe them as like almost like introverted, in the background, not that an introvert couldn't be type A, of course, but yeah. it just it was a unique description of of the people that you're working with. So my point is, it just goes to show there's all types of people out there that need this. There are many people, unfortunately, suffering with these symptoms and diagnoses yeah. for many, many years. And sometimes they've never even told people about everything that they deal with. Uh, you really might be sometimes as a practitioner the first time that they gave the full story. They might have given the doctor 80% of it. Maybe this practitioner got 70%. Yeah. But when you connect, in the way that um, you're talking about today, Leah, like that Mm -hmm. lets a person open up and they might give you 100% of their story. Then again, would I ever know if they didn't? I'm not sure. Probably not. But I mean, you can tell from some (laughs) conversations, like if you, if for doing it for so long, you, you start to learn to ask the questions that probe a little bit, probe a little bit deeper. Absolutely. Okay. So where can people find you um, if they want to do a couple things? I mean, one is just work with you, but two, where can they listen to your podcast? Who should listen to that? Yeah. So uh, my podcast is Balancing Hormones Naturally, and um, we have some awesome guests on there. And then we, on social media, it's Leah, L-E-A-H underscore B-R-U-E-G. And that's me on all the platforms. So, I mean, we're on Instagram and TikTok. Cool. You know, of course, TikTok. that'll all be in the show notes. Yes, yes. Um, one thing I had to address too, just in case people are interested in this, in your yeah. bio, you included to me that you've helped actually multiple women um, on the business side of stuff too. So are you now yeah. offering that too? Maybe in the future. Okay, okay. Just wondering. <laughs> um, I, I have a little bit on the sidelines. I've helped women with their business. Um, right now, um, we're just you know trying to keep up with our clients, to be honest. But um, I have found, actually, I've had quite a few entrepreneurs that have gone through my programs with their hormonal issues. And just by fixing their issues and like, you know, getting their energy back and applying it, I had a client hit six figures, um, like, it, just the only thing we did was work together. And she was like, I don't know what happened, but like, I just had so much more energy and obviously confidence and you, you feel better. So you do better. That's a, that's an excellent point. And maybe I, I didn't understand that at first, I guess when I read the bio, but that's actually kind of cool because I'm thinking for myself, well, yeah, like 18, 19 year old me where I was struggling uh, with the financial side, I was embarrassed about my cystic acne. I didn't have any, I had no story other than the bad parts because I was still in the midst of it. And so it's not that someone couldn't make money like that, but I mean, if, if you, if this was a video game and you could choose your character, 
I, I would choose, you know, bearded adult Ev now that's a little more confident in himself and feels really good and has super high energy rather than low energy depressed Ev that was super embarrassed of cystic acne. That just that kind of yeah. makes sense that that other character would be the optimal one to go win the game with and, and start making some money. So um, I guess, yeah, I interpreted that bio as like a literal business coaching sense. But yes, sometimes the best business coaching could just be. I mean, Napoleon Hill talked about this in Thinking Grow Rich. One of the best gifts is a, a sound mind and healthy yep. body. They And I think maybe people underplayed that when the book first came out because that was in the 30s. And maybe, hopefully, these chronic health issues weren't as big of a thing then. Yeah. But that matters. You can be a badass entrepreneur. You can be super focused. I, I am so lucky, in a sense, that I had these health issues because I think I would have gotten trapped in that entrepreneurial grind and I would have been the person sleeping four or five hours a night just to go yeah. work. And you know what? That's going to catch up with you eventually. I'd rather mm-hmm. it catch up with me in the beginning and I learn from that and now I have a healthy way of the yeah, entrepreneurial of course. itch of itching that, scratch, scratching that itch, if <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we've had some, uh, we've had pride and probe and then I'm I, talking I crazy. Keep, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're 50 minutes in, guys. Uh, work with us here. But, you know, you can kind of scratch that entrepreneurial itch uh, without killing myself. It's a yeah. beautiful thing to be able to do both. So um, we know where people can find you. Thank you so much for all that. And if you've listened to these podcasts all the way through, you know I'm going to finish with our signature question. And that question for you, Leah, is if I could give you a magic wand and you could wave it and get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that is literally do one thing or stop doing one thing, what is the one thing that you would get them to do? Balance their blood sugar. If we can just balance our blood sugar, your cravings are going to be better. Your mood's going to be better. Your energy's going to be better. And you'll be able to figure out everything else. So start with balancing your blood sugar. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your business success today on the podcast. Thanks for having me.